your place, say amen. amen. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him in verse 31. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free in Deed. And the church said, verse number 37, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen my, with my father. And ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Ye do the works of your father. They said, then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Verse 43, listen church. Why do ye not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar, and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you, ye rather believe me not. We've read in your hearing, John chapter number 8, verses 31 through 45, and I'd like to ask a question to you this morning from the text. Do you hear his voice? Do you hear his voice? Father, thank you for the privilege of prayer. Lord, you know, Lord, I cannot preach without you. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me, Lord. You said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So, Father, I ask you to Forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness, every sin of omission, commission. Lord, Father, every conscious sin, every unconscious sin, I ask you to cleanse me within and without by the blood of the Lamb. Lord, make us a vessel that can speak your word. I ask you, Lord, to give us that unction that no man can preach without. Give us that grace, Lord, that no man can stand without. Give us that touch, Lord, Father, that we stand in need of. Now, Lord, I... I know, Father, Lord, in this place, and I'm aware, Lord, 
that I cannot look and peek into the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls. But Father, I'm grateful to know that you see in the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls. And Lord, you're in a conscience of every single thought that's going through their mind even now. Lord, Father, every desire, every situation, Lord God, you know it. Father, there's nothing that is hid from you. So Father, I pray that you would take your word by the power of your spirit. Lord, thank you that your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. That it cuts us within and without, God. It cuts us coming and cuts us going. I pray, Father, for a special touch. That your word would do, Lord, in our hearts what is necessary and in your will today. And Father, whatsoever you see fit to do. Lord, I pray that you'd encourage your saints. Speak to your saints that may be discouraged in heart. Father, and encourage them along the way. I ask, Father, this morning that you would speak to us. Lord, if there be one here that's lost, I pray that you would draw them with cords of love to your precious side. Lord, that they might be saved in this building, in this place, among the church this morning. And whatsoever you see fit to do, Father, we'll glorify you and praise you. For it's in Jesus' name we do humbly pray. And the church said, Do you hear His voice? Do you hear the word of the Lord? Growing up many times, and I'm sure you're aware of this as well in your own life as a child, we would go, our family would go into a crowded place. Restaurants, birthday parties, fun, recreational places, six flags. And if you're from the South and you're a Christian, you've been to Dollywood. Can I get an amen? Something about that place, it's like the Baptist Mecca. But nevertheless, we went to many places like that and and grew up in places like that with many loud noises, many loud voices. Thousands of fathers calling on their children. Thousands of mothers screaming their children's name or, or rather discussing with their children rather than screaming. That's a better word. Much noise, the clanging of, of uh, roller coasters and rides and music, Dolly Parton singing one of those old mountain songs. Uh, it, uh, many voices all around. Loud noises. Now, let me make application of this. One of such places that we would go in my memory growing up was the house of Brother Jimmy Millsaps. If you were at my ordination a few months ago, you'll remember him. He led the ordination in prayer. Was my dad's pastor for... Uh, for their younger life, and, and I have very faint memories of those days, but I've, I've always been a go-to relationship in our home. We're grateful for Brother Jimmy, and I spent many nights in revival and meeting with Brother Jimmy, and in camp meeting, etc., etc. And we would go to Brother Jimmy's house, and Brother Jimmy had two sons, Jonathan and Jesse. And they were about my age. Jonathan was about a year, year and a half, two years younger than me. And Jesse was three years younger than me. And uh, those two sons and myself, of course, he had a daughter. And 
My sister and her would play with one another and have fun with one another, but me and Jonathan and Jesse would get Brother Marty in all kinds of mischief. Anything that you could think of that we were supposed to do, we wouldn't do it. Anything that we weren't supposed to do, we would do it. And so on and so forth. And of course, when we came to Brother Jimmy's, there were many loud voices in that place. I can think of names like Brother Grant Burke, who also had a son, Lance Burke, and Brother Dana Dockery, who also had a son named Lance Dockery. And all of those voices would be talking, the women would be in the kitchen, and the men would be in the living room, and all the kids would be in the back of the house, and we would be doing this or that, or having fun, breaking all of Jonathan and Jesse's toys. But if we got too much out of line, there were many times I remember Dana Dockery calling for the voice of Lance Dockery, but I didn't hear it. There were many times that I heard uh, uh, Brother Grant Burke calling for his son Lance Burke. And if he got out of line, he would call his name. But that voice never resonated much with me. But if Jay got out of line, if Jay stepped out of the way just a little bit, there was a voice I recognized. There was a voice that I was familiar with. There was a, a, a resonation over a larynx being breathed out by powerful lungs that I knew. And it was the voice of Darren Schuler, my father. When Darren Schuler spoke something, there was something distinctive about his voice. I knew his voice and was familiar with this voice. Now, Jesus had been approached by Pharisees as he so often was in our text in John chapter number 8. And Jesus said, ye cannot hear my word. In verse number 43 of John 8. The word cannot that Jesus used here is a participle disjunctive negative that is tied to a present or middle passive deponent indicative. Now, for those of you that do not understand what that means, and about half of it, I didn't. When Jesus said, ye cannot hear my word, he was saying... Rather, he wasn't saying that you're too far away to hear my word. He wasn't saying that you're several mountains over and if only we were closer, you could hear my word. Jesus rather was saying that in order to hear his word, they could not because it was beyond their ability. That they had not the resources, nor the strength, nor the power to hear the voice of Jesus. It was beyond what they could do. And this morning I submit to you that if you've never been saved by the grace of God, it's not that God is not 
just a, a little too far beyond your, uh, beyond your earshot, but rather he's beyond your ability to hear. I want to notice three questions about this text, then we'll go home. Number one, where was Jesus saying this that they could not hear his word? With the fact of keeping in mind that the question this morning is, do you hear his voice? Let's look at where Jesus was saying this. I want to ask three questions. Where was Jesus saying this? Who was Jesus saying this to? And what was Jesus saying? Jesus was saying this at the temple. If you look in John 8 and verses 1 and 2, Jesus went into the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning, he came again into the temple. One would think that if you were going to hear God, it would be at his temple. Many came to offer sacrifice to learn of the scribes and the teachers. But I affirm to you this morning, you can come to the building where the church meets, you can shake hands with the deacons, with the teachers and the singers. You can fellowship with the preacher and still not hear the voice of Jesus. You can come and, and be baptized. You can come and ask for church membership. You can come and do many great works and still not hear the voice. Of Jesus. Where was Jesus saying this? He was saying it at a very religious place. Secondly, we're moving fast, aren't we? Who was Jesus saying this to? He was saying these words in John chapter number 8 to very, 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 very religious people. Pharisees. Have you ever heard the term Pharisees? Raise your hand. If you've spent any time reading the Bible, yes, you have. That's most everybody in the building. You've heard of them. They came to Jesus everywhere he went. Anytime Jesus did an amazing work, they were there. Making trouble. Asking stupid questions. And isn't it amazing? Anytime that a good work gets to going on, Around the house of God, religious people are the first ones that's got something to say about it. Can I get a witness, church? Religious folk. There's a lot of religious people that have woke up and gotten dressed that cannot hear his word. There's a lot of people that have awoken this morning and because of tradition have gotten out of bed but cannot hear the word of the Lord. There were 6,000 Pharisees at any given time. Matter of fact, they were the most separated of all of the Jewish religious leaders. The most strict and the most militant of all the Jews. On top of the law that God had given, they estimate, some estimate thousands. 
But the conservative estimate is that over 613 laws, Brother Marty, the Pharisees wrote on top of what God said. Let me tell you a main indicator of what religious people do. They go beyond what God said. They not only... Not only do they take what God said and make it and twist it, they make it whatever they want it to say. I affirm to you, sisters and brothers this morning, the Word of God is not what I say. The Word of God is not what you say. But it is what thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, and there is nothing that can be added, nothing that can be taken. You can be the cleanest church-attending, tithe-giving, upstanding, baptized church member in existence and still not hear His voice. You listening, church? Where was Jesus saying this, the temple? Who was He saying this to? Religious people. And what was Jesus saying? In order to understand what he was saying and how we got here, when Jesus says, you cannot hear my word, let's rewind to verse number 12. And I'm going to give you a discourse between Jesus and the Pharisees, and then we'll go home. When Jesus said, you cannot hear my word, what word was he saying? Well, where the religious people got sideways with Jesus is in verse number 12, then spake Jesus again to them saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. I'm glad, church, that Jesus definitely is that lighthouse that shines out into a dark world. And he exposes my need. He exposes my necessity. He exposes my darkness. And says, I am the light of the world. If you're saved in here this morning, one day Jesus came to you and shone into your heart and showed you your need of him. And the Pharisee says, you say this of yourself in verse number 13. They couldn't take that light. Their heart was so dark. Their heart was so far from God, so shadowed by the law and by sin, Brother Terry. They couldn't take that Jesus was the light of the world. And they looked at Jesus in verse 13 and said, you're saying this of yourself. They brought up the law to him. They, they, the law that they brought up was in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter number 19, verse 15. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, a thing shall be established. And they said, Jesus, you're saying this of yourself, that you are the light of the world. You've got to have someone else that bears witness to this fact. I love this. In verses 14 through 18. Jesus said, though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whether I go, but you cannot tell. Whence I come and whether I go. But he said this, I am one that beareth witness of myself. And the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Bless God, church, this morning. When Jesus said, I am the light of the world. 
And the religious people say, yeah, but you just say that of yourself. But Jesus said, no, my Father in heaven bears witness of me. When did he do that? On shiny banks of Jordan, Jesus stood and the heavens opened and they heard a voice saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. I affirm to you this morning that Jesus indeed is that light and that he has been bore witness of by God the Father for he is God the Son, thank God. And the Pharisees, once they heard that Jesus said, my father bears witness of me, in verse number 19, they said, who is your father? Jesus said, you don't know him. Verse number 19, he said, you neither know me nor my father. And if you had known me, ye should have known my father also. Do you hear the voice of the Lord? Oh, bless his name. Do you hear the voice of God? Verse 21, Jesus said, you don't know my father. And if you knew me, you'd know my father. In verse 21, he said, I'm going the way, but you're in your sins and you'll die in your sins. Jesus said in verse number 23, I am from above. I'm not from below. I'm not fleshly like you. You can't compare me to you. And let me tell you something this morning. You can't compare Jesus to me and you. Because he's not from us. We were born of sinful man. But bless God. He was that heavenly, high, holy, perfect, virgin born, son of the living God. And he is perfect this morning. Hallelujah. About to have an old fashioned fit. Bless his name. He said in verse 23, I am from above. Heavenly, divine. I am the perfect son of God. And then in verse 28 and verse 29. Hallelujah. Now y'all probably struggling to listen to me preach the gospel. Y'all probably struggle to listen to others preaching the gospel. But can you imagine getting the dose of Jesus Christ preaching the gospel of himself, by himself, for himself, through himself, thank God. He says in verse number 28, Then Jesus said unto him, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. In verse 29, And he that sent me is with me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Aren't you glad if you know him, he's with you this morning? Bless his name. Jesus said, the father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. This message was so powerful. This message was so wonderful. This message of the gospel was so pure that the Bible tells us in verse number 30, as he spake these words, many believed on him. Hallelujah. 
Bless his high and holy name. I'm glad that Jesus done always the things that please the Father. But this, when the Pharisees, when those religious people heard these words, Brother Marty, it absolutely, 100% infuriated them. You let God get to doing something, and you see there's a separation of the goats from the sheep. Of the saved from the lost. Of the religious from the spiritual. Come on church. Jesus told them. This infuriated the Pharisees. And they attempted to justify themselves in verse number 33. Listen this is important. In verse number 33 they said well. Okay you said you do always the things. That, well we're the physical descendants of Abraham. Verse number 33, Jesus said, yeah, you're the physical descendants of Abraham, but you're a slave and a descendant of sin. Verse number 34, he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. Jesus told them and said, in your current state, yeah, you may be the physical descendant of Abraham. You may be able to track your lineage all the way back to the father of faith, but you're not a servant of faith. You're a servant and a slave to sin. And let me reaffirm to you, my dear friend, if you're in the church house this morning and you've never met Jesus Christ, you are a slave to sin. You cannot turn over a new leaf. You can't hope for AA to make a difference. You can't get it figured out in and that and of yourself because you're a slave to sin. But Jesus said right after this, whoever the Son makes free, they are free indeed. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. You say, I just can't seem to get free of this sin. Well, come to Jesus because He will make you free from sin. Thank God. Hallelujah. He told them they were a slave to sin. But in verse number 36, I love it. Some of the greatest words that's ever been uttered. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. And they still couldn't have it. They still couldn't have those. They could not, Brother Terry. Their father was not the Lord. They couldn't hear him. They still got mad at Jesus. They said this. Well, not only is Abraham, this is in verse number 39. They said, you don't understand. Not only are we physical descendants of Abraham, but we are spiritual descendants of Abraham. We're good with God. We're good. Hey, me and God's buddies, we're good. He knew my granddaddy. Oh, listen. He knew my grandmother. He knew my daddy. He knew my mama. I'm good. We're good. We're okay. I'm the descendant spiritually. Some of that rubbed off on me. What they're saying. Verse number 39, they answered him and said to him, Abraham is our father. But Jesus said unto him, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. What was the work of Abraham? In verse number 
58 of the same chapter, Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. And in verse number 6, he said, Your father Abraham, he said, he rejoiced to see my day and was glad. Oh, you might be able to say, my grandmother and my granddaddy knew God, or my father knew God, or my mother knew God, or my great, 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 great granddaddy was a happy preacher of the gospel. But beloved, it's not granddaddy's religion you need. It's an experience with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. An experience of faith. Experience of God doing something in you. He, he, he told them. He said, Jesus, they said, Jesus, we're good. We're, we're physical descendants and we're spiritual descendants of Abraham. Jesus said, if Abraham was your father, you'd do his work. What did Abraham do? He received the truth and Abraham believed. And you can keep your ears shut up to the gospel. You can keep your eyes closed. You can harden your heart to the gospel. But this morning, if you want to do the works of those that have been saved, you'll receive the truth and you'll believe on Jesus Christ. Abraham saw my day and was glad. He said, you don't understand. I'm done now. Pharisees said in verse number 40, they were so, they were so infuriated with Jesus Christ. They were so, so mad with Jesus Christ, Brother Ron. I mean, I'm talking ill and mad that in every excuse they gave, everything they said to try to justify themselves in front of God, He knocked it down. I want to tell you, sinner friend, you can put up any excuse. You can put up any type of medal of merit that you can in front of Jesus. And he'll tear them down. Religious people can't stand the words of Jesus Christ. They just cannot take it. Brother Vickers, they, they, they can't receive it. They can't receive it. There's something that it does. It agitates the old nature inside of those that hear the Word of God, that hear the words of Christ, that receive what He has said as only truth. They can't take it. Are y'all getting tired of all this Jesus preaching church? Preacher friend of mine, he's dead and in heaven now, but he was at a meeting. The pastor introduced him by saying, Oh, Brother Jack is a, is a Jesus preacher. Brother Jack, he's a pretty large fella. He'd slowly make his way up to the platform, but Brother Jack got up behind the pulpit and said, if I find anything better to preach on, I'll preach on it. And church, I affirm to you, if I can find anything better to preach on than Jesus, I'll preach on but I've read through the book and I can't find anything better, Brother Marty, than preaching and believing and singing and testifying and acknowledging and exalting Jesus Christ. Help me, church. Jesus, verse 42. So what did the, what did the Pharisees do in verse 41? I'm done. 
They attacked his divinity in verse number 41. And verse number, yes, verse number 41, Jesus said, you do the deeds of your father. And then they said back to Jesus, we be not born of fornication. See, that was a hit at Jesus. Because there were many, and it had circulated around that Mary had been in an affair and had had a baby by another man. They didn't believe that she was born of the Holy Ghost, that he was born of the Spirit of God. They didn't believe that God overshadowed the Virgin Mary and that Jesus came forth from her, the Son of God. They reckoned him as just another man, just like anybody else. And not only just another man, but they humiliated him. They said, we've got a real mom and daddy. You may have a mama, Jesus, but you've got an illegitimate daddy. Oh, my dearly beloved. They was bad to Jesus. They tore him down. They tried to break him down. But he never, oh, later on, he just opened not his mouth. But right here, as his heart broke for the loss, as these that had already began to persecute him, he said, if God, they said, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto him, if God were your father, you would love me. If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. You think I'm illegitimate. You think I'm filthy. You think I've not got a daddy. But God is my father. Bless the name of God. Hallelujah. How firm to you, church, in an age when the deity of Jesus Christ is being torn down at every turn and we're trying to bring Jesus and His glory and majesty down to our level. How firm to you that He is the very Son of God. He is God, the Son. Hallelujah. They attacked His divinity. Jesus said, if God were your Father, you'd support me. He, rather, he said, if God was your father, you wouldn't just follow me. You wouldn't just support me. You wouldn't just get behind me. But Jesus said, if God was your father, you would love me. And I want to affirm this to you, church. If you're in here and you're saved and you've met the Lord Jesus Christ and he has done a work of faith in your heart, you love Jesus. Because God loves Jesus. God is in you. And the Holy Spirit has come into your heart to exalt Christ. That's why he's in there. And that means that you want to hear and sing and teach and testify and preach and praise and glorify Jesus Christ more about Jesus, I would know more of His grace through others show. I go back to my original question. Do you hear His voice? Do you hear His voice? Jesus said, and ultimately in verse number 43, He said, if, if, you were of, if, you were, if God were your Father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I myself, but He sent me. And he asked a question which has an answer tied in with it. Why do you not hear my speech? He said, it's because ye cannot. 
Jesus said, you cannot hear my word. It's beyond your ability to hear my word. So the question then becomes, as the disciples asked, who then can be saved? If we're in such a desperate shape of not being able to save ourselves, of not being able to come to God of our own merit, who then can be saved? I want to tell you about another Pharisee who came to the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of John, chapter number 3, five chapters previous to the one we're in in John 8, John chapter number 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Nicodemus said, there's something different about you, Jesus. There is something different about you. And Jesus didn't, he did not Try to feed in to Nicodemus's intellect. He didn't try to feed in to Nicodemus's feelings, but he looked at Nicodemus and said, "Ye must be born again." Nicodemus said, "Born again?" He still couldn't hear the word. He born again. What are you talking about? What do these things mean? How can these things be? And Jesus told him this. Are you with me, church? Say amen. In John 3 and 16, this conversation that happened with Nicodemus, there in this conversation, Nicodemus was a Pharisee and could not hear the word of the Lord. But here's what Nicodemus said to him. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I say this, church, that word in that Jesus said, for God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in him. It's a preposition that shows location, time, and introduces an object. Bless God, the day of salvation the location of salvation is right now. Thank God. The time of salvation is today. And the object of salvation is Jesus Christ. He that heareth my word in John 5 and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. Come to Him. Believe on Him. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white. Though they be red like crimson, He'll wash them away. You want to know what the voice of Jesus says to you this morning? It's what our dear brother read to us in opening up. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Come let us reason together. Let us reason together. Come unto me. Come unto me. Come unto me. 
Have you heard His word this morning? Have you heard Him speak this morning? Something inside. Something in the ears of your soul is speaking now and responding to this word of God. Saying, come. If you're glad you're saved this morning, say amen. I've never met one who's ever been sad or who's ever been sorry about coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. The heart's been broken for you, sinner. This is the message. I tried, I wanted to come in here this morning and preach an uplifting message and an encouraging message. And this has been uplifting, amen. We're talking about Jesus, but I wanted to come in, you know, and just encourage and prod along. And I thought 50 times about trying to preach something else this morning. This is a message God gave me. And every time I said, I sat at my desk this week with John 8. And that's as far as I could get. I knew this is the text the Lord wanted us at. And the Lord wouldn't, wouldn't let me get away from it. Why is that? Because God in heaven knows there, there would be some sitting in this building this morning. Sister Megan, come on to the piano. God knew there'd be some sitting in this building this morning. That couldn't hear the word of the Lord. We're all gone astray. We're like sheep gone our own way. 